first off, we want to welcome you back, Lee. Thank you for coming back on. Um, last episode was great, and we hit on so many great things that, you know, got a lot of great feedback and things like that. And while we got to pick your mind and, you know, get to understand the mind frame of, you know, you now and the transitions you've been through recently, we didn't really get to go dive into, you know, the poetry. You know, you opened up with a poem, but we never really talked about you doing poetry and things like that. So I definitely want to know a little bit more about that. Like, you know, how did you come into poetry and what does it mean for you? Gotcha. Yeah. So I'm happy to be back. Uh, It's happy to be with y'all. And I would say what really started me off into poetry was I used to draw. So that was kind of my creative side. I used to like to draw things, paint, you know, whatever I can get my hands in. I always did an art class. And one day my words kind of, my art unwound into words. And then I couldn't stop writing. And so I remember I was probably a bottle, a red bottle of wine in, and I was sitting on my couch and I was by myself and I just had words like flood, flood to me. And I just wrote it all down. And then one day, you know, I was out and I shared it and they were like, you could do something with this. And like people that didn't even know me was just like, oh, you're a lyricist. Like you're a writer, you're a poet. Like they was already just like, they felt whatever I wrote and it wasn't intended to be for anybody else, but it kind of opened my eyes up to like, okay, you know, I could do this. And if I really put effort into it I could relate to people who are going through the same thing and it kind of just like put a fire underneath me like okay let's do it let's really get it so I kind of went back through my notes um and I let my words flow through me and I was just like yes (laughs) I can share and relate this to other people and you know there's somebody out there who can feel it who wants to relate to me who wants to hear what I have to say I think that that might have been to be honest the biggest driving force people actually wanted to hear me, listen to me, understand me. And I didn't feel bad about it. I didn't feel guilty or ashamed about taking up that space. Like with that, you know, kind of coming into it just by real life from people around you, kind of realizing like you have that talent. You feel me that like you have a message that people need to hear. What's that process look like? I mean, you happen to come into it, but now that you know you're thinking like, okay, yeah, this is me, this is me. Like, I can do this, I can do this. Like, what's the process to actually go and write a poem like for you? I guess the process is uh, I'll be inspired. So through living, through going somewhere, through whatever, or maybe I'll have a conversation and one word will pique my interest. And that one word, these words flow through me. And if I think them but don't write them down, I lose the whole thing. But if I think of that one word and I write the one word down and I come back to it or I have time to just go, then I'm able to create a whole poem out of one word or out of a feeling or usually out of a lot of low points in my life. Like I would say my work isn't light and fluffy. It's very heavy. And when I feel strongly and I I put it out on paper I can be inspired like this is what I'm feeling and then that can goes into this whole thing of creativity and then I just write a whole poem and then I just sit back and I read it and I feel this weight lifted off my chest that anger that sadness is lifted and then after a while that wasn't enough for me anymore I needed to share this I needed to put it out it's like one thing is writing it but it's like it's not the end of my process something was pulling me like go share this because somebody out there doesn't know how to put it in words. 
they feel exactly what you're feeling. Like you're not alone, but there's no outlet for some people. Some people don't have that creative outlet or that, that touch for words or even putting it into music or into sports or into something that can release that. So I just thought about what it would feel like for somebody who doesn't have a release that's carrying the same heaviness. Could you could you feel the difference in um, the way you change, the way you express yourself between you drawing versus you starting to write the poems? Could you feel yourself kind of opening up more, like your moves change or your life as a whole? Um, yeah, I would say drawing was something that I was allowed to do. And um, writing was different. Writing felt like they were my words, but they also weren't. Like, um, it gave me my own safe space. Mm. I was able to feel seen, feel heard, feel acknowledged by looking back at the paper that I, I wrote yeah. and that I could, you know, have for myself. Like, it just felt like my own privacy, I guess. I feel like, too, because I, I also write, you know, I write blogs and um, stuff like that. And sometimes for me, like, it's like what you said, like, that. there's a word or maybe there's a statement and then, boom, your mind's just going everywhere. And I feel that. And at times when I don't have that word and I don't have that statement, but I really want to write right now and I can't figure out how to put my words on paper, how I how I feel or how I'm saying them to myself, it's frustrating. And I don't, I'm not going to call it writer's block or nothing like that. I'm just going to call it a lack of creativity in, in that moment. Do you ever feel like you come to the paper and you want to write something, but just creatively you're not there at that moment yeah I would say so that happens quite often but I learned to get into like I would say I had a group of other writers poets and they would perform as well and we would challenge each other so kind of like you got seven minutes with this one word somebody random just in the circle come up with a word all of us have seven minutes to elaborate on this word it could be very simple. It could be something crazy. It could be banana or it could be, you know, like something deeper. But we all had to write whatever we could off of this one word. So it was cool to like, it's very cool to surround yourself with other creatives and other poets and stuff. And then you guys challenge each other. Yeah. Like, where's that creativity come from? Like, if I sit, if I sat right now and I forced myself to write something, ain't nothing going to come out. I archived that, that moment. Like, if I don't have time to write on something I'll just write the word down and then I let it go mm. I have like a folder for that it's unfinished <laughs> <laughs> and then my other one that for pumps I do finish is called aftermath but the unfinished one is just like okay I'll write the word and then I'll come back to it whenever yeah. maybe in two years maybe in two months maybe in two minutes but right now I don't have time so it's just gonna sit there until I'm ready but I got the one word that could spark my creativity again or a voice memo mm. Oh, that's smart. I'm not Even if it don't make sense. I got so many voice memos that don't make sense. <laughs> how important do you think that group is? Like, how do you, how important do you think they were in your development and I guess becoming a better uh, writer of poetry, a better poet? Uh, very, very monumental. Um, because that support system is kind of like what helps you go onto stage, what helps you share. And I would say, like, a good friend of mine still, um, he's the one who motivated me to go up. Like, it was just weird how we met. Like, we went up to an open mic together and damn near in the same fit. You know, denim got, like, the mm. chain. Everything was matching. It's like, all right, okay, bet. 
we were the only two poets performing. And it was like a small, like, chill setting. And we just went tit for tat. Like, I only planned on sharing maybe, like, two poems at max. I ended up sharing, like, five mm. of my poems. And it was just, like, poem for poem. Like, me and him just kept going back and back and back. And he already wanted to do something to open up a platform of just, like, A, you know, if you ever want to perform, you always have a spot on my stage. Sometimes that's all it takes is, like, somebody else to believe in you, right? So um, before you had said, like, sharing your poetry makes you feel seen, uh, felt, and heard, what else has poetry taught you, if not, like, circumstantial, but, like, about yourself? Um, That I seek validation. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, it's taught me a lot about myself. It's taught me, um, I look for external validation. And that's one thing that put me on pause for a while because I wasn't going up there for me. Mm. I looked for that applause. I looked for the audience engagement. I looked for validation and, you know, like the people that were around me. I felt that, but I feel like that comes with just wanting to be better, too, because, like, even if I, even after my first win, I went back, and the first thing I told Ash was, like, okay, cool, love that I won, but I need to work on this, I need to work on it. Damn, look, I could have did this better. Mm-hmm. Like, being our biggest critic comes with just, like, wanting to be the best version of ourselves. I feel like, and I don't think it's ever going to completely go away. Yeah, I feel that, but it, it can sink you. Yeah, absolutely. It, it can definitely sink you, so where's the where's the happy balance? It's, Where's that, the medium? Yeah, that, that's that's a tough one to find too, because like you say, you 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 don't go on that stage for you. I could act, I could sit here and act like I don't do things for external validation, but when I go there and I know my coach is watching, I'm doing a little bit better than when he wasn't. Mm-hmm. So I can act like I don't. I don't typically all the time anymore, not a hundred percent of the time, but it's still not something that I've completely gotten over either. Because when I watch the video, I'll be like, damn, like let's do it again, do, film that again. I want to look better. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And for real, I shouldn't. It shouldn't matter what anyone else thinks. I feel. I definitely feel like that's a hard line to balance, especially mm-hmm. in a world right now. You feel me? Where everyone's selling something, everyone's you know trying to start something for themselves. Whether you know it be a business, whether it be a blog, whether it be poetry, whether it be tra- whatever it may be, mm-hmm. and they need to to an extent be validated as worthy or justifiable to you know go to to talk you know whatever it may be there's looking for that validation because that validation turns into sales or to you feel me being known getting known getting to that next step i look at it as i I do have validators like there there are a few people that i want to run through the list to make sure that they i don't even want to say they're validating because at the same time i want to make sure that they're whatever i'm finna put out is me and i feel like there's other people with a different perspective on me and i let them like i let my mom read all my blogs before i post them she check all the grammatical, you feel me? I, I ask her every time, how's it flow? You feel me? Does the content make sense? Is it going to, you feel me, reach, you know, who, it, who it's supposed to reach or whatever? And obviously you can't answer that question, but I'm still looking for her to say, no, it flows well. And that's when I'll post it. You feel me? Putting that pressure on her. That's my mother. I know she's going to be like, baby, you snapping, <laughs> you know? And um, to an extent, so it's like, for me, it's like, I have to be as authentic as I can because if someone meets me, and someone who read my work and then they meet me second, I need to, not that I need to, but I should align with, you know, the things that I'm saying. Um, the book I'm reading, Rich, Think, Thinking and Grow Rich, um, he just spoke about this as having um, um, a mastermind group. 
um, pretty much I feel like um, kind of going off what you said, it's almost like a, a validation group, you know what I'm saying? People that know you, know your beliefs, know what you stand for, and uh, and will also challenge you, you know what I'm saying? Also, like like you say, you send it to your mom, like uh, having friends that you can um, post for that would, you know, 100% will support you. And also, if you feel like you get out of line, also tell you, hey, you know what I mean? So I feel like having a mastermind group is, to me, is can be a part of, like, finding that line between um, validation from, um, like, outside yourself, like, yeah. too far outside yourself to where you feel like you're uncomfortable or you're going too far, you know what I'm saying? So I think, um, like, having a mastermind group is, uh, to me, I think y'all are my mastermind group, you know what I mean? Like, Facts. people that I, that um, if I post, you know what I'm saying, I, I would love for y'all to see it, you know what I'm saying, like a comment. Like, regardless if it's um, something simple, you know what I'm saying, but it, it matters, you know. No, facts. You post for yourself, but you also post for the people you love because they're yeah, part of you, too. Yeah. I definitely feel that. Just, like, question for you. Where and how do you validate yourself? Where do you give yourself internal validation? Like, we are our biggest critics, but equally I see, like, we can also be our biggest supporters, our biggest fans, our biggest motivators. Um, are there certain ways that you're able to validate yourself? Um, I, there are definitely ways that I've, I guess I, yeah, I definitely do validate myself, of course, because I want to be able to move on to the next thing. Um, but certain ways that I do it, I, um, I have a lot of internal dialogue, like a lot of going back and forth. Like, I, um, I, if I ha- if I have this one view on this situation or this subject, I have it. But then I try to get the whole flip side of it, and I let them two debate it out. And I feel like I go in between. I battle in between. I let them tug each other out, and then eventually one kind of overcomes the other. And depending on that answer, then I feel like I validate why I made this decision or why I am like I am at this moment in time. Um but definitely for me, it's, it's very deep. It's very deep and self-reflective. Um, a lot of meditation, a lot of walking. Whenever um, I'm unsure or uneasy about a decision that I'm either about to have to make or I have made, I definitely need to go on a walk. I need to kind of not think about anything, and um, eventually I, I kind of come to my decision, and then you know I, I can validate myself. Like, okay, I came to a decision. Like, this is part. This is part of this journey. You have to make decisions. You're gonna have choices. And you have to make decisions. So I kind of, I, I build that momentum off of the experience that I have, I have gone through and made a decision and everything so forth. And then, you know, I just, this, this is a reason to keep going. There's a reason to keep getting up in the morning and things like that. So uh, that's a good question. <laughs> I was going to say that's something I struggle with a lot. Like I look a lot more for external validation than I do internal validation. And that probably it shouldn't. But for real, it, it mean a lot more if someone else said it to me than if I said it to me. And I know it's part, it's part of self-mastery, is that, that recognition. So I know it's something that needs to be worked on. The only time I feel like I really, like, self-validate is, like, when my coach told me they're about to be a fight. Like, I'm like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, when I know I'm good at something, for real. But, like, everything else, I, it's, it's something I struggle with. I look too much outside for it. And this, this truly hit home for me because – and when I was younger, like, I feel like I was so involved with sports. I never really, like, knew myself. So, like, honestly, I still kind of struggle with this. But for the most part, man, I almost sometimes feel like I don't care about much unless unless I get validation. You know what I mean? If I do something extremely nice and if somebody kind of compliment me, okay, that was extremely nice. But to myself, it was just 
some I did. You know what I mean? Like, and I feel like I think y'all kind of y'all probably kind of sense it, bro. I always ask questions. Like I always ask questions, no matter how um, big or small. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's kind of like kind of my way of validation, but at the same time, kind of like just joking around. You know what I mean? Like, like I told y'all, for example, I asked my my granny, spoon or a fork, before every meal. Like, spoon or a fork. You know what I'm saying? Like, mind you, that's that's something small. It doesn't it honestly doesn't matter, but I feel like it's kind of an example of how tedious I get when it comes to like asking questions, like something small, like on the beach, and I ask y'all, what location should I put for the picture? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. like little things like that's like, why do I, like, why did I need that? Why did I ask that? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's all uh, fun and games, but that's on a small scale and it gets way bigger. So, so like part of me wanting to be better for me is like, I don't want anybody else to be able to say they said it before I did. Like, I already knew that. You know what I'm saying? And that, that's, that is it tough. I feel like not a lot of people share that, that part of it. Like a lot of, a lot of people struggle with this mm. for real. Cause for real, maybe we won't call it a struggle, but a lot of people do see validation because then otherwise we wouldn't post stuff on social media. Yeah. Like a lot of the stuff we, yeah. yes, we want to make impact, but like, why are we telling people to leave reviews and leave, you know what I'm saying? Mm. Because also we, we also want to know what you think and we want to, you know, we're not, we have our mission statement, but we want you to be happy with what it is that we're producing too. I also feel like it too, looking at it as a means to like also improve, like, mm. you know, validate whether I'm wrong or I'm right. And I'll look in between the gray area and see, you know, where, you know, where I can adjust on my end because there's some things that might not change just because this is just how I'm seeing the world right now at this time and stuff like that. So I also look at it as that as well, because it's crazy that you asked me that. Cause I really, I really don't think about validation that often, but when you ask me, I can think of like instances, like someone got to read the blog and tell me that it's good to go and then you feel me and stuff like that. It definitely is like that balance, that fine line. I think it's also to like recall your your intentions going into it. You feel me? Um, you know, I'm writing a blog. Why are you seeking validation? Um, for me, this is how I always end up answering because I want to make sure that it is understandable, it's readable, and it can the message that I have is getting across, you know, as clearly as possible. Of course, people are going to perceive it how they perceive it based on their experience, but. I think just knowing, like, did all this stuff I put on paper, does this make sense to you? Or do I need to go back and kind of restructure it in a way where it can make sense? But at the same time, it's like, who's to say, like, the person that you're getting that validation from, they see it this way, but a whole other person might see it completely different, perfect as it is, message clear as day, and then you change it. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, I think you look for feedback, but at the same time, you look at the things that you feel comfortable doing. Like, I look and I see oh, I can tell I was flowing really well right here. Like, they might say something about changing that, but I'm going to keep that because that was actually me. Maybe I'll pick a different word, you feel me? Or maybe the placement will be different, but that has to stay. And um, so that's kind of how I also look at it as a, as a means of feedback, a means of uh, ways to improve because I know that I'm always searching for ways to improve, you know. Yeah, and I say, like, with Steph saying that, you know, like, we all have our person, but what about those who don't? Mm. Like you, like who is it that you go to? That was literally my next question. Like, who is it that you go to? Who is it that you want to read this? I know you say you do it like for the people, but who do you send it to first? Or you're like, yo, like, how do you feel about this? If there's anyone, I don't have anybody. Mm. So you just go out there on stage, and this is this is your validation. And do you still seek that? Even before I go on stage, you know, like I had to be so honest with myself. I've 
I've been in a place, I think the universe kind of just like, nobody was meant to understand me that was really close to me mm-hmm. because it was, I needed that to get to a certain place where I needed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so even going to my family, like if I went to my mom, like, hey, read this, tell me what you think. That had to stop mattering to me after a while mm-hmm. because when I really sat down and looked for it, it was certain things that she couldn't feel inside me. You know, like someone could tell you, you're this, you're that, you're this, you're that. But if you don't believe it, it don't mean nothing. Mm-hmm. So even with, you know, everybody in my family, my dad, my brother, my mom, like I was different. Mm-hmm. And things didn't make sense. I didn't know how to like articulate certain things or <laughs> what was going on or why I'm crying at 3 a.m. or why I'm feeling heavy emotions. I don't have a person to be like, hey, check this out before I send it. No, I got to check it in with me. Mm-hmm. I go to myself and when I would perform on stage was, yeah, I guess, yes, you're right. I was looking for external validation. I want it to be seen. I want it to be accepted, um, but not by the masses. Yeah. By the person that I was seeking attention from. The reason I get off social media a lot is because I feel like I, I fall in the hole of validation a lot. And I think that's why I spend so much time alone now. Like, like now I do everything alone. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, the more I spend time alone, the more I'm to myself, the more I know myself, the better I become with myself, the less I care about people's opinion. You know what I mean? So that's kind of how I see it and, and what's been helping me a lot. Of course, there are things in my life that I don't need validation from or valid, validation of just because I feel like I've spent that time with myself to, you know, develop an understanding on whether or not you know, this is something that I wanted to do or that I should do or that I needed to do. And I feel like all of that stems from, the, you know, my value system and um, stuff like that. So, you know, I sit there and I contemplate, I meditate, I, I journal. And in a way, like, you know, how you say you, you know, you read your poetry, you look back at it and it just releases so much. I feel like that when I journal, you know, I journal so much different from than how I write. And when I journal it, I don't necessarily make myself the main per- the main character. I just use the words you or they or them or something like that. And when I read it back, I feel like that in a term, in a, in a sentence can um, validate whatever I'm going through. You know, I'm always open. You know, I'm never, I've never closed the book on any part of myself. And I stay open to new interpretation and new, um, new insight and, and new perspectives so that I'm not always seeking validation that I leave these things open so that I know like things change. That's just, that's nature. That's life. Life is synonymous with change. And without ever closing the book, I never have to say, is this the right way? Or, you know, what do you think? Um, well, kind of, I just want to like go off of both of you guys. Doing stuff by your loan is very important. Um, I feel that too, you know, like why am I choosing to stop living? Because there ain't nobody sitting right here doing things with me mm-hmm. and even feeling like you know when you're out by yourself you kind of figure yourself out some bit more like it could be something real small being alone are we truly really alone exactly. you know what i'm saying like is that inner voice really our voice or is it all the other voices that we let come in and disrupt us so oh, are we truly shit. alone like i remember the last uh, you know like part one we was talking about it and it was like i heard alone a lot i actually put it in my notes too because i was like i gotta touch on this um but we're never truly alone. And even a lot of things that I've learned or certain things that I've known, they've all came from somewhere. Mm-hmm. I would say therapy. I've been at least three or four times with different therapists, but like it helps you use different tools to navigate different ways in life. Mm-hmm. So people always look at it. I got to be in such a low point 
to even bring myself there. But really, therapy is like a book about learning about yourself. Mm. All you learn is about yourself, why you think the way you think, why you do the things you do, helping you trace stuff back to your roots. But for it to work, you have to be willing to be honest and vulnerable with this complete stranger time and time after again. You have to be willing to apply different perspectives or different things that people say or different things that come into your life to your life. Because it's one thing to be... um, People will say something, their opinion, this or that. If it's going to help you be a better person and you choose not to use it, then it's kind of like, okay, I'm doing myself a disservice. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's the question of the day, man. Is is really your your self-talk or your aloneness really your talk or words or things people said to you as you was growing up? I know for sure that at least my self-talk, a lot of how my dialogue plays out and did throughout my 28 years of life, comes a lot of, from, from my, stems a lot from my childhood. Mm. And that's also, like, through, like, what you just said, like, no such thing as being self-made. And through, like, meeting y'all, y'all have been super instrumental to myself talking, me working through these different things, or my childhood traumas. But then I've never been to therapy, though, but I've taken everything that anyone has ever told me and kind of walked through something myself. All, all of how, how I am is because of who, what I've been through. Definitely two voices. I feel like the vo- a voice is you, and then there's that voice that's, you know, whether it's your, inner, you know, your trauma or whether it's um, the people outside of you, you feel me, Instagram, Facebook, you know, social media, or just the environments that you are in that feed into that other self-talk. Like, you know, when you're talking, like, would so-and-so think this was cool if I wore this or something like that? Yeah, that's not you. That's not you. That's um that self that's that talk from others. You feel me? That external influence coming in and, you know, fighting it out with what is you. The whole journey, the whole idea of self discovery is to find that voice that is you. Under underneath all the fog, underneath all those voices, and once you find that voice to make sure that you keep a tracker on that thing, something that can something so that you know like this is me. You feel me? So I feel like a lot of work has to be done to hear the voice that is you, that is not necessarily individually you. It's a it's you in a sense, but you're connected to so much more than just yourself. That part. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I remember I didn't have two voices in my head that were fighting each other. It used to just be loud and clear, the one voice that was fed to me that wasn't mine. Now, kind of like you're saying is now I got to a point where I do have two voices. I have, I feel like my highest self and then I have everybody else, you know, all the doubt, all the negative talk, all this, like, you can't do that. You're not good enough. Or why would you do that? You're not lovable. Like, there's no way they must hate you. They must think this about you. And then my other self is just like, well, I'm here, you know, and like the sky's blue and, you know, whatever I can to bring myself back. But my other self is so present. Mm -hmm. There's just so many techniques and things that I've learned through therapy and even learning like grounding stuff. So when I feel like my lower vibrational negative talks and like other people's that second voice, I've learned to ground myself so I can be present. So take my shoes off, put my feet like on a soft rug. I was taught to learn how to use my senses, Mm. like my physical presence, my being, instead of just being in here because a lot of things internal, where externally can bring me back down. And that's why, you know, it sounds simple, it sounds small, but I'll say stuff like, oh, the sky is blue, (laughs) Mm -hmm. or the grass is green, or I look up, or 
I look at my hands and I look how the light, you know, goes through them. And people are just like, this chick crazy as hell. Like, no, nah, bro, like, I'm here. Yeah. Like, I'm alive. And um, it just helps you come back. Do you, do you feel like it's, um, it's a third voice, ego? Third voice? I think that, um, I think ego, it could, ego could be its own voice, in, um, separate, independent. Or I also think that ego could get mixed in with the talk of others mm. because ego seeks validation. Ego seeks opinions and um you know just all these external things materials and objects and stuff like that so i think it's dependent so i wanted to ask you you said like that you have those two voices there's like you and then everyone else like what kind of work did you do um, aside from the therapy or if you could go more in depth to like what she had he or she had you doing to determine the difference between those two because i feel like for me um i've done things where like, I'm going to make my parents proud. Like, nobody did this before. Like, I'm about to do this. And I felt like I had that self-validation because I'm telling myself, yeah, like, they're going to be proud. You're going to be proud because no one's done it. But it served me because I really did do things that no one had done. But I wasn't happy. So, like, you can get all that validation. You can it, it can serve you. But at the end of the day, you can still not be happy. So, like, how did you determine, like, who was truly Lee? Like, what type of exercise did you do to find out who who was truly Lee in your head talking versus, like, okay, this is just what other people want, what other people want to see? Got you. Um, I would say my accountability jars. Mm. So Tell us about that because they don't know about that. <laughs> yeah, no, I missed it last time. Um, I have two jars. So, I guess it, my second voice kind of started to really shine when – I was willing to be honest with myself and I was battling the person I wanted to be, I guess the good being a good person versus who I was taught to be and who I was being. So I wrote down every trait, every like behavior that I did and how I did it. And then I wrote how I wanted to move or become better right underneath it. This is like 58 different things that I had to be brutally honest with myself and so to keep myself on track, I got two jars. And I was like, I want to have accountability jars. So I got white sticky notes, and then I have brown sticky notes. The brown ones are where I feel like I can improve, where I messed up, where I fell. And the white ones are, you know, just things that I improved on. So I guess that could look like um, when I'm writing on it, it could be I yelled at the trash man for no, absolute no reason today. I took my anger out on somebody else and I didn't spend time with my emotions or feelings to looking forward to myself did that person deserve that or were they just trying to do their job and then I'm like dang I didn't like that so I'm writing that down on and I put it in the jar and then in the other jar usually when there's one negative thing or there's a few negative things I find there's more good things that come on the outcome like you realized it not you realized it very fast <laughs> you talk to the guy you you know apologize you owned your right you owned your wrongs you know like you were able to sit with yourself and show myself grace and that's the stuff I would write in the positive jar so I would see how this one negative thing had like one brown thing and then visually see I had four or five six good things and I'm like that's crazy but it was like the small steps helped me I guess keep myself accountable and be like 
proud of myself, you know, like I need to be proud of myself. I'm doing this for myself. Nobody told me to get accountability jars, you know, it's just like I needed something physical to see my actions. And that was, I think, the best way. And it helped me show kindness and grace to myself. Like, yes, I fall. But did it take you five days to realize you fell? Did it take you, you know, five minutes or five hours to see that to sit with your reflection, to sit with yourself, to sit with like, hey, I didn't like how I do that. And then to be honest with yourself and then be like, okay, well, I figured it out in five minutes. I didn't talk to myself bad. And those are all in their separate entity, like something Mm -hmm. good. So it's just like that helped with my improvement. Um, And that's when that second voice started to come in. And I guess also helped me figure out who I was, you know, like, I could see traits that I was doing that came up so often that I don't realize, like how you talk, how you speak, how you go about certain things, like why would I say that or why would I do that? And it's like, well, it's done. So <laughs> just acknowledge it and then show yourself kindness, show yourself grace, like what were positives that came out of it. And most of the time it's hard to be vulnerable with that, like even talking to other people, like, hey, this is where I fell short. And it's not for them, it's for me. Cause I fell short with you, but I want you I want to let you know that I'm aware. Like my um self awareness, like it was wrong for me to talk to you like that. But when I sat with myself, I saw that it had nothing, absolutely nothing to do with you. Had nothing to do with the other person. It's this turmoil inside of me. And when I release it by talking about it, whether that person's like, whatever, I didn't notice. I don't care. It didn't bother me. It didn't faze me. It's okay because I just wanted to let you know where I was at and um, open that door. And it's like, damn, like who really does something and then sit with themselves and then go back to the same thing and be like, that had nothing to do with you. And I'm sorry. Like genuinely, you know, like I want to work on that for me. It's all for me. I love that. That's deep. And that takes a lot of courage and self-reflection and honesty, like you said. So I feel like that's the way a lot of people need to start to adjust to kind of heal some of the wounds that are out there in this world as far as, you know, social interactions between people and things like that. So that's beautiful. And I'm glad that works so great in your life and continues to be something that you bear the fruits from as you continue to grow as a person on your self-discovery, your journey, your your battle with self-mastery. So, no, that's beautiful. Man, Lee, thank you so much for coming back on. We really appreciate you and love talking to you. Um, you know, I want to ask, how can us as an audience, how can this platform be of service to you and support you and everything that you have going on? Where can we find you at? Um, y'all can find me on Instagram. It's at 222sunlee with the I. <laughs> y'all make sure y'all go follow our girl, Lee, be on the lookout for some new poems. And please go ahead and leave a review and some feedback about what you thought about this episode, what you took most from this episode. And feel free to email us at perspectivepodcast3 at gmail.com with any comments, topics you would love to hear, or questions that you may have. We look forward to hearing from you. Thank you. <laughs>